Next on BYUSN Game Night with Gonzaga. What in the world does BYU basketball need to do for a win over the Zags in their final WCC trip in Provo? Let's go one step further. What would a win tonight for BYU mean in the big picture of things? All good things to discuss. Welcome to BYU Sports Station, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, January 12th. I am Spencer Linton. He is name, image, and likeness expert Dave McKinn. Speaking of, how do we get more money in NIL? <laughs> i got a few ideas. Let's meet after the show. Okay. Uh, okay. But apparently there's piles and piles of money everywhere. Uh, apparently. So these 18-year-olds are led to believe. Good Crazy. Grief. The world is different. Uh, but nothing takes away from the magnitude of this game tonight. 100%. Huge night and a huge show, for that matter, coming up. Here's what we got straight ahead. Sean Farnham, I think he might be the Rock's biggest ally when it comes to national media. ESPN's Sean Farnham, you sat down with him. That interview's coming up here in just a few minutes. News out of New York that may be good for Zach Wilson. Good news out of New York for Zach. Is that Go a figure. thing? Is that possible? And... Um, the Barbie girl herself. Yes. Have you seen that on social media? It's a great gymnastics routine from Rebecca Ripley from BYU. She's going to be with us in studio. I don't know if she'll do the routine here in studio. <laughs> That's something we're going to have to wait about 20 minutes to find out. But she will do it Friday night in the big meet uh, with the uh, University of Utah and, and Southern Utah and Utah State. Absolutely. You'll be on the call. The best of Utah meet. Fantastic right. stuff. Here are the headlines. Starting with... More from a ball night. Channeling my inner Jerem Jordan there as the Cougars host eighth-ranked Gonzaga. Tip-off at 9.30 Eastern from the Marriott Center. BYU 13-6, the Zags 14-3. Gonzaga is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at this juncture. Live on ESPN, coverage begins with BYU Sports Nation game day on BYU TV at 8.30 Eastern, 6.30 Mountain. Pre-game on BYU Radio also begins at 8.30 Eastern. Whenever I channel my inner Jerem Jordan, it usually involves ibuprofen. <laughs> BYU women take a four-game winning streak into LMU. Tonight, tip-off 10 Eastern in Los Angeles. Lauren Gustin going to go for her 16th double-double in 17 games. Wow, she's incredible. Speaking of Lauren, Named to the NCAA Women's Starting Five Team of the Week after her performance against San Diego on Saturday, scoring 21 points and tying the Marriott Center record with 24 rebounds in a single game. She out-rebounded San Diego by herself. They had 23 rebounds as a team. She had 24. What is she going to do tonight? You have to find out. BYU currently ranked third in the Learfield Directors' Cup in the final fall standings behind North Carolina and Stanford. And that's it. The Director's Cup standings take into account nine different NCAA sports that compete in the fall. BYU scores based off football, cross country, women's volleyball, and women's soccer and how they finished. Number three so far through the fall. That's not bad. Holy cow, great stuff. Speaking of great, Violet Zavodnik was named, according to D1 Softball, the 28th best player in the entire country in their list of top 100 NCAA softball players. In 2022, she compiled 59 hits, 18 home runs, West Coast Conference Player of the Year already on her resume. She's going to be back and ready for more. She's must-see TV on BYU yes, TV. Yes. And uh, looking forward to that all spring. First day of the BYU Collegiate Cougar Indoor Invite for track and field over at the Smith Fieldhouse. On the agenda today, field events, men's heptapathon, 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 
Heptathlon. Tell me. Heptathlon. Right, women's heptathlon all happening today. Just wouldn't come out. <laughs> Why you have a partner? Just wouldn't it's, come out. Yes, yes. Heptathlon. You, know, you have to do this on live TV, right? <laughs> Doesn't happen sometimes. Sometimes. It's okay. The NCAA Division I Council, and this is interesting, updates their transfer rule saying student athletes cannot transfer twice unless approved on a case-by-case -case basis, and that will be based on illness, injury, mental health, or other circumstances. The rule does not affect graduate transfers, however, like Keaton Slovis and Aiden Robbins, the new BYU running back coming from UNLV. I, I'm surprised it took them this long to do it because once that transfer rule got eased up on, it just became free agency. So hopefully this reigns it in a little bit. Like you can transfer, yes, but not this, hey, this is uh, his just fifth keep, year, just like fifth a, school in five years. Like right? a frog in a pond, just hopping from one yeah, to yeah. the next. It, it can get, uh, it, it has already become a little bit crazy. They've so mismanaged this whole operation, the NCAA, that at least they've done something yes. to let programs have some kind of control as to what kids am I even going to have on my roster? Yeah, yeah. So this is this is a good move. Surprise! Yeah. It took this long. All rise and shout! It's time for what's trending. Game night against Gonzaga for BYU men's basketball. Biggest game of the year to date for sure. And in the Marriott Center, this team, this BYU team has won eight of nine. And their metrics in the net rankings and in Ken Palm, for all intents and purposes, are better than they've been in a long time. In, in the case of the net, Dave, they haven't been higher than what they are right now, which is high 80s, 88, I believe. But we all know that if BYU beats Gonzaga, now the conversation goes to another level. So answer me this question. Fill in the blank. BYU beats Gonzaga if. And don't say if they score more points than ah, the Zags. That was number one on my list. <laughs> well, they've got to have fewer turnovers. They've got to kind of do the model of how they beat Utah, which came in with some size and some shooters and some expectations and, and favorites in that game. Uh, they led for 33 minutes by making big shots, controlled turnovers, and they, and they won the rebounds. Uh, BYU is undersized, but they're long. And so maybe the length now trumps the fact that we always say they're undersized because they're one of the better rebounding teams in the country. Yeah. Uh, certainly the best in the WCC. So chase down rebounds. You get extra points. You get hustle points. In this kind of game, you've got to have hustle points. And I think that will be those, – those will be the keys tonight. And then you've got to let the Rock get involved. Uh, when you've got to play good enough so they are engaged, and then let them take over on their end of the floor, especially in the second half when the Zags are shooting into that basket. And the Rock can change outcomes of games. We've seen it before. Yes, several times. You want to know what's crazy in this series between BYU and Gonzaga? One, the Cougars are 6-23 all-time against Gonzaga. Six and 23. <laughs> and BYU has more wins in Spokane, three, than they do in Provo, which is only two. And then they have the Jimmer game on a neutral site in Denver in the NCAA tournament. That blew my mind, thinking about how many games these teams have played against each other in the West Coast Conference now into the 12th season. Six and 23, more wins in Spokane, the three in a row, than two in Provo. So this is a huge game, an opportunity for BYU on their home floor to get a third win against Gonzaga. And this is, and I'm using uh, the words of a friend of ours from ESPN, a gettable 
Gonzaga team. Yeah. They're, they're not what they have been. They don't have a lottery pick on the roster. They're still so good. And they're the best shooting team in the country. And they just take care of the ball at an elite level, Dave. So I, I agree with you. My number one thing, because it has been an issue for BYU all season, is take care of the ball. You just can't give him free points. That's where Gonzaga will absolutely kill you. And they take a four-point lead to a 14-point lead in a minute with those live ball turnovers. How'd they beat Utah? Rudy Williams had 26 points and zero yes. turnovers. Yes! That is the winning formula. And you've, you've led me into my second point. Better guard play for BYU. BYU needs Rudy Williams to be big game Rudy. And he's been big game Rudy in the biggest games, right? Against Creighton and Utah. Speaking of the recent big games, right. if he can step up and give BYU better guard play along with taking care of the ball, now BYU's got a shot. And if they have a shot and this game is close, then the Rock doesn't need much to get going, right? Right. They, that's how people always say, like, how did BYU beat Gonzaga in 2020 when they were number two and they had Corey Kisper and they did have a bunch of lottery picks? It's like, well, they got the crowd involved early. I mean, that place was electric. It was crazy. And they're looking for something. You know, they're back. They just got yes. back into school. The, the place is sold out. Just give them something. 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 And BYU couldn't do that last year. No. Got the doors blown off of the Marriott Center when Gonzaga came in with Chet Holmgren and company. And it was not close from two minutes into the game. So just keep the crowd engaged by keeping it close, and then things can get weird. And, and keeping it close, I agree with you. Taking care of the ball, better guard play from Rudy Williams, Spencer Johnson, Jackson Robinson. It, it's not, you know, I mean, this next level math that we're talking about. It just, you need to shoot the ball better, and the guards need to do it. You got to take care of the ball. I talked to Jimmer this week, and he said, here's my key. He goes, BYU can't go to, into scoring droughts. He goes, Gonzaga's going to consistently score. So BYU can't go three, four, five minutes without points because the, then you're going to get the separation. He goes, they're really good, and so it's hard to catch up once you fall behind. But if you stay with them consistently, you got a chance to win the game. And I thought that was an interesting point for a guy who beat Gonzaga yes. in the NCAA tournament for BYU's first win uh, against uh, the Bulldogs. It was also, uh, what, the second to last game that they played before joining the WCC. And they've had to deal with Gonzaga ever since. And then Dave Rose told me yesterday, and he'll be up to the game tonight, he said, the fact that they went into Spokane and beat them three times, which no one does, uh, will have their attention. So they come down, and Drew Timmy said some nice things this week as well. The Zags come down knowing this team's been a thorn in their side. Yes. Even though they haven't taken championships away from them. But they've been thorns in their side, and so the Zags know they have to bring it to answer everything we've already talked about. That's what makes it a cool tip-off and something you got to watch because no one really knows what's going to happen. Gonzaga is still a top-10 team, but they are not number one or number two, which is where they have lived for what feels like the past four years. Yeah. It is unbelievable what Mark Few and that program have done to remain not just consistently awesome but elite like a top three team for the better part of four years. That is so tough to do in college basketball. But they again, again, they do not have a lottery pick in their roster. They have shown some weaknesses. Uh, the, again, their three losses, all understandable against really good teams. But they looked a little bit vulnerable against San Francisco and then against Santa Clara. And both of those teams, to their credit, got their own crowds involved. They made some shots. They had good guard play. This is the formula. Santa Clara and San Francisco have shown BYU what they need to do. Can BYU go out and Isn't it interesting that when you have NBA players, 
you're just better than everybody else. <laughs> you can go back to Danny Ainge's group and, and the NBA players that were on that 81 team that went to the Sweet 16. And then the next time they go to the Sweet 16 is not until Jimmer. And Jimmer, a lottery pick in the NBA, and then he's played all over the world. When you get these elite players, it's amazing how everything's just so much easier. Yeah. And the Zags don't have that kind of a group this year where they've had it in the last four, five, six, seven, wow. forever. Crazy, so it feels. crazy. That's why tonight's game's going to be pretty cool. So here's the second question. Mm. Uh, a win tonight for BYU. What does it mean in the big picture for the Cougars? I know that most BYU fans want to hear me say, oh, they're an NCAA tournament team, Dave, but it, even a win over number eight Gonzaga is not going to put BYU back in Joe Lenardi's bracket and in the brackets of all the projections. It will put BYU in a conversation where, huh, okay, well now BYU's beaten Creighton and Utah and Dayton and Gonzaga. Maybe that loss to South Dakota was an aberration. And so now BYU is being discussed as, you know, a fringe bubble team and an NIT team. Like if BYU beats Gonzaga, now the NIT is like, okay, yeah, BYU is a team that certainly could make their way into the NIT. They would be 14-6, and six, and you're pacing for a home game uh, against Pepperdine on Saturday where you could get to 5-1 in conference and be 15-6. and six. With All good things. 20, probably a 20-spot 20 jump in the net rankings. Again, to get to be a fringe bubble team. That's what a win over Gonzaga would do. But I think most importantly, it would probably convince this BYU team that, huh, maybe we can be a top three team in the West Coast Conference this year. Yeah. It's... To me, the biggest thing that they would gain is confidence that they can go and beat anybody in the West Coast Conference. And St. Mary's is going to be a bear. Gonzaga is obviously a bear. San Francisco, Santa Clara, LMU already beat BYU. This is a really tough conference in the top five, six teams. I think if they win tonight, we may have to step back and reevaluate this team. They will have had the same number of wins as Gonzaga after tonight, if they win tonight, 14, uh, and six defeats with a, a couple of tough defeats, but like you said, they have a couple of nice wins. But if they beat Gonzaga, maybe we have to sit back and go, hey, wait a second. We've been sold right from the start that this is a work in progress, an adventure every night, and Mark Pope's done a nice job doing that. And you know what? They have been an adventure every night, but lately they seem to have found themselves. They're five and five. Now they're what? 13 and six. Yes. Um, if they beat Gonzaga, maybe tomorrow morning we're going, you know what? maybe we set aside this mediocrity bubble that we've put them in. Yeah, and we have. And let them play and see what happens. Um, but, it, but then it's like, okay, now prove it against Pepperdine. You know, it's almost like the fan base has got to be, we're so convinced this group's average <laughs> that you've got to prove it to us. The Dayton, now oh, that was Dayton Blue, their 23-point lead. Uh, the Utah, well, I don't know about Utah. Um, you know, losing to LMU I thought was a very disappointing Lost. The yes. Way they handled it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, wonder how they're going to beat San Diego. And then they're up 20 points. You know, a few minutes into the game or so, and you're like going, huh? Thursday's team's different than this team. Uh, what, what what team is it? But if they win tonight, I think we have to look back and go, mm. wait a second. Maybe, maybe they're contenders in the WCC, not pretenders or just tied for third place. Like uh, what, what the preseason prediction yeah. was. I think that'll be fascinating. Yes, discussion. absolutely. We're forced to ask that question again. And speaking of questions, our question of the day is a fill-in-the-blank. BYU beats Gonzaga tonight if at Borscht Tire answers on Twitter. 
if the Cougars have 20 plus turnovers, four and one, baby. That's also <laughs> just an absolute aberration. Strange statistic. BYU, Dave, when they turn the ball over 20 or more times, are four and one this season. That's one of the. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. <laughs> Do you think at halftime Mark Pope ever writes that number on the board? Goes, Guys, we're not turning it over enough. I want to go out there and I want to see five plus. turnovers out of the gate. That is hilarious. Man, <laughs> I think we're all trying to figure out if this team is fool's gold or if there's actual gold in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, well said. We'll see you tonight. Yes, we, we will. We'll see you tonight. And join us for BYU TV this evening for game day ahead of Gonzaga and the Cougars. That game's on ESPN. Game day's on BYU TV. We're going to fire things up at 8.30 Eastern time with Tyler Haas, Blaine Fowler, Jerem Jordan, Spencer. The A-listers will be involved in this, all leading up to tip-off of the Cougars and the Bulldogs for the last time at the Marriott Center as members of the WCC. That's tonight. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Sean Farnham. Dave, you said it. He loves The Rock and the Marriott Center. But what does he love most about coming to BYU games? Well, tell us next, and is much it, more. Is it a cougar tail? It feels like it probably is. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Station. live in Studio B. Some great images from past BYU wins against Gonzaga. This is your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside the always entertaining Dave McCann. Yesterday I spoke with ESPN analyst and college basketball insider. He's also a friend of the program, Sean Farnham, who is on the call for tonight's game with the worldwide leader. Farnham just returned from a trip to England, of all places. So we begin the interview with some travel talk. It's always nice to have a world traveler on the show. Sean Farnham, who recently returned from across the pond, uh, attending to some family matters, but now he's back on the grind with college basketball. Have you slept enough in the last 24 hours, Sean? No, no, I haven't. Uh, actually landed like at 1 a.m. Uh, and then uh, a jet lag kind of hit me. I woke up about 5 a.m. And uh, ever since then, uh, I've had the pleasure of watching uh, BYU's last couple of games and getting my game <laughs> prep done for uh, the contest against the Zags. And it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's always great to get back to Provo. Always excited to get back to work. Fair to say it's going to be a lit broadcast on your part tomorrow night? As long as, uh, you know, uh, my man uh, who's in control of all of the, uh, the Cougar Tales uh, brings me over at least one, like all will be, all will be good. But if I, if I don't get a cougar tail when I show up, uh, I'll be vastly disappointed. Hey, always great to have you in the Marriott center. I'm sure that we can line up a cougar tail somewhere along the line. Uh, the game should be pretty good too. Gonzaga, different teams, still awesome. Still the favorite clearly in the West coast conference. BYU is an eclectic group, but we're still trying to figure out who they are. So Sean, let's start with BYU. How would you identify them as a team right now? Uh, more defensive-minded than offensive-minded, which has not been what we have said in, in recent years. Like, I mean, often when I come there, I'm talking about how elite the offense is, and then my concerns that I often express is, is their ability to get stops and sustain stops. Um, this team's a little bit opposite of that. They, they've been much more in tune with what they've had to do at the defensive end of the floor, especially uh, as of late in the last nine games. Um, and that has been the reason why they've had success. Uh, I don't think this is an elite-level offensive team. 
um, by any stretch of the imagination. And in particular, I, you know, there's, I'm sure you'll ask me, but I have concerns at the guard play right now. Uh, too many turnovers, uh, not shooting the ball well enough. Williams and Robinson both shooting under 30% for the last three games uh, combined. Um, that's, that's not going to be good enough to, to beat a team like Gonzaga. Uh, so they're going to have to play better. Um, but I, I think the one area that is, is different, obviously, is, is defensively they're going to be able to keep themselves in games uh, based on, on their, their effort at that end of the floor, and I think that that's going to serve them well. Along with the guards shooting better, and certainly BYU's guards know themselves that they, they need to, what else goes into the formula of how to beat this specific Gonzaga team? You can't turn it over 15 times. I mean, you, you turn it over, you're giving them free points. Um, you know, th- this is not this is not the yesteryear Gonzaga teams either, though. Uh, I think we saw that over the course of last week when they they got out of town with a a basically buzzer beating win uh, at USF and, and then struggled again um, to to really find any separation against a very good Santa Clara team. Um, and I think there's multiple reasons for that. I think one is let's look at it from the, the WCC perspective overall. And I know obviously final go around uh, for BYU here, but the conference itself is much more committed to wanting to play basketball. Like it's, it's much more committed to feeling like they can win. Um, and I, and I think that that shows up with the depth of this conference teams like LMU, a very good team. Like last year was more of an aberration. Uh, but you know, two years ago, LMU was pretty good this year. LMU is pretty good again. Um, I think Pepperdine's probably the most disappointing team in the league because they have so much talent in particular, those three sophomores are just sensational players, but defensively they're not bought in, but St. Mary's is elite. I mean, you, you, you started this by saying clearly Gonzaga is the favorite in the WCC. Yeah. And, and I would I would argue you uh, on that point that actually St. Mary's uh, probably feels like they're the favorite right now because Aiden Mahaney, uh, their very talented freshman, has has added a lot to a team that returned a lot. Um, and they have a clear identity of how they want to play. And Alex Dukas has been much better this year, much more consistent. So I, I think St. Mary's feels like they're every bit in, in this discussion point of, of a potential WCC championship team. Um, and then you go to teams like Santa Clara and San Francisco who walloped ASU and really, for all intents and purposes, should have won the game against Gonzaga last Thursday night, uh, but ended up struggling down the stretch uh, and, and losing that lead late in the game. I think Gonzaga only led for a total of one minute and 45 seconds in that entire game. Um, so I, I think, it's, I think it's, it's a much more committed conference to wanting to win. Obviously, BYU has been, always has been a huge part of that. And realistically, three games away from probably being a top 25 team. I mean, you go back and you take away the Utah Valley loss, um, you know, uh, a couple of the other losses that they had. This is easily a team that has only three losses and are sitting there at 16 and three. And I think everybody feels a lot better about where they're at. Uh, But this is a statement opportunity for them on their home floor. First sellout of the year. Uh, The Rock is going to be electric as it always is. Uh, One of the best student sections in the entire country. Uh, So, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a fight, and, and I'm excited for it. Sean, I'm excited for you to see the inflatable tube guys in person that have been added to the rock to distract free throw shooters. I didn't well, know I get distracted during the broadcast, though. What if I get distracted? <laughs> will, will, will the BYU faithful, like, at least give me that moment of distraction <laughs> and understand that it is a rational distraction? Yeah, and bl- you can blame it on jet lag, too. I got your back. You got plenty of reasons, man. It's, good. It's a- I, I appreciate it. I might need all of it. I'm glad you brought up the St. Mary's point because, yeah, I said clearly Gonzaga is the favorite, and I probably said that erroneously because as far as metrics go, you look at the net rankings, Ken Palm, St. Mary's is an elite basketball team in, in those two metrics. So 
it, how does BYU get in that conversation? Is it even possible for BYU to get in that conversation this season with what's left ahead of them? Sure, they got to go on a run. I mean, you know, I mean, I think that that the winner of the WCC probably going to have two or three losses this year. I don't think anybody's running the table uh, unscathed this year. I just don't think there's enough separation, um, and I think the grind of conference play will wear on teams. Um, so I, I think it's very much so still in play. Uh, I think that again, uh, I would look at the two areas of concern I have is is um, production from the guards as far as scoring and efficiency. It doesn't have to be elite level points, but it has to be more much more efficient. Uh, you can't have two guards shooting 27 and 29% over three games. That, do, that doesn't work. Um, and then you've got to value the basketball. So your defense is great. But if you imagine what those numbers would be if you weren't turning it over, you know, almost 16 times per game. Like how much better would that defense be if they're getting set and, and, and you know, the point production over these last nine games and 62 points per game and all the rebounding numbers are great. And, okay, well, if you just limit your turnovers and they're going against forced half-court defense and you guys are set up and the help side is there, all the things that are required to play a great defense, those numbers are going to drop under 50, under 60 points per game. Well, it doesn't even – you don't have to be elite at the offensive end of the floor if you're holding opponents under 60 points per game. And this team has the capabilities of doing that if it limits its turnovers from, say, 15 to 11 those four turnovers that are live ball turnovers, it's not necessarily the turnovers that, you know, you, you kick out of bounds and, you know, it goes 18 rows up in the stands. That, that, those don't matter. It, the carry, the, the walk, the travel, those don't matter as much. I mean, there's still empty possessions for you at the offensive end of the floor, but it allows you at least to get back and set up your defense. And I think that that will be very key uh, for, the, for, for BYU uh, as they continue to move forward here in West Coast Conference play. You've already touched on the fact that BYU is a better defensive-minded team what else do the Cougars have going for them, in your opinion? I think Fuchs has just been great. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the, he's just so workmanlike in everything that he does. You know, I mean, he's 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 not necessarily flashy in any one area. And and I think, you know, for a star not to be flashy, and he is a star, and I think people need to start, you know, throwing that word around with him just based on his productivity, his efficiency, um, and what he can do on a night in and night out basis. And you look at his stature and his size and you go, well, this guy should not be able to be effective underneath. But what, what motivates him is, is in his heart. And you can see the way he plays is through his heart. And he doesn't mind if you're six, nine or seven feet tall. He doesn't care. Like he's just, he's going to outwork you. Uh, he's never going to take a, a possession off. He's not going to take a possession for granted. And I think what happens is when you're, when you're around them, all of a sudden things start to like, you see, start seeing that and you're like, oh, OK, so so that's how I've got to play. Um, so I think that's been a bright spot. Obviously, Hall has been a, a bright spot as well. His ability to share the basketball, one of the best assist makers as a freshman in all of college basketball. Um, and I think that 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 bodes well, not only for now, but obviously moving forward as the transition uh, continues for BYU. I actually think that this is a good transitional team, um, meaning going from the WCC to the Big 12. Because if if you have any inclination that you're going to outscore opponent, opponents in the Big 12, you've lost your mind. Uh, <laughs> if you're BYU fans and you're not watching the Big 12 right now, you have no idea what you're in for. And it is elite level basketball, but elite mainly because of how they are able to defend and how disruptive their teams are at that in the floor. So if you don't compete at that level, if you don't fight at that level, you have no chance of winning. You know, this, this isn't going to Pacific and LMU and Pepperdine and San Diego, uh, you, you, we're talking Kansas, Texas Tech. I mean, it is it, it, it is literally punch you in the face 
toughness that's going to be needed for this team and this program moving forward. So as you see this transition this year from a, a, a program that has historically been really good at the offensive end of the floor and now is still just good. I mean, they're good at the offensive end of the floor, but defensively buying in, rebounding with a level of toughness that is going to be needed. I think that bodes well uh, to lay down the foundation uh, for, for, for the next step, because every time you move conference, and I've talked to USC, I've talked to UCLA about it as they, they prepare for now their move uh, to the Big Ten, is you have to recruit different. You, you have to play a little bit different. You have to adjust what you've done a little bit differently because there are certain styles and systems that may work in certain conferences, and then it doesn't travel well. And so you've got to figure out how you're going to now work and operate within the landscape that you're playing, you're going to be playing in. And that starts before you arrive, because if you didn't start that process, if you didn't start that buy-in, if you're Mark Pope, well, then you're going to show up and you're going to get the doors blown off you. And you're going to be like, oh my gosh, and the fans are going to be upset. And now you're buried and you're trying to reestablish a new identity when it's already too late to establish that. Fantastic insight from ESPN College Basketball Insider and Analyst Sean Farnham. As BYU does prepare for the Big 12, and this is the swan song in the West Coast Conference, what's the realistic ceiling for this new team that is now becoming more defensive-minded? In, in the, inside the Big 12? In the, in the West Coast Conference, I should say, in this last okay. year. Realistic ceiling this season? Uh, I would say top three finish. A top three finish is, is very realistic for this team. Um, do I think they're better than St. Mary's right now? No, I don't. Um, do I think they're better than... Gonzaga right now. No, I, I, I don't. Uh, do I think they could win the game on Thursday? Yes. Um, you know, because I don't think the margin is, is, is that big. I think the margin is very thin. So uh, I think that top three finish is very realistic for BYU. Uh, I think a, a bid to the NCAA tournament is very realistic for BYU. And I think that, that there, again, we can go back to the berating those same exact points that we've already talked about over and over again. Um, but I think everybody that listens is like, okay, I get it. They have to stop turning over the ball. Guard play has to be back. Okay, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> um, but I, I, I literally think that it's it, the margin of error is thinner for, for BYU. It's thinner for Gonzaga. Uh, it's a little bit larger for St. Mary's right now. And uh, I, I think that those three teams, as it has been for a majority of the time that BYU's been in the conference, is, is in the discussion point. I know that for Coach Pope, you know, the idea of winning the WCC or winning the WCC tournament um, – would be huge. Uh, and it would be huge not only for him, but really for the program that when it transitioned out of the Mountain West and came to the WCC, a vast majority of your fan base was like, oh, this is going to be easy. Gonzaga's run is over. Like, we're, we're coming in and we've got like this mentality. We're going to be able to compete. We're going to be able to. And you don't have a title in any way, shape or form. Wild. And, and I think that that's been shocking. Um, but it wasn't shocking to me because I knew that the WCC, in particular, St. Mary's and Gonzaga, were really strong commits to, to wanting to play elite level basketball and their winning percentage over the last decade plus is both top 10 in the country. So they, they want to win. They have great coaches. They have good players. Uh, and so life has been a little bit more difficult for BYU than I think a lot of people expected when they made this transition. And I know it would mean the world to everybody to leave uh, with a title and saying that they were champion of the WCC in one way or another. And, and I think this team does have the capabilities to do that. They've got to continue to get better. It's a long, it's a long process. I think Gonzaga would tell you the same thing. You know, as much as I talk about the guards of BYU, it's the guards of Gonzaga, which is something we haven't said in a long time. Yeah. When you look at the lineage of great guard play, whether it's Andrew Nemhart, Jalen Suggs, 
Now, Nigel Williams, Goss, Kevin Pangos, like you can go down the list, Ryan Woolridge. Josh uh, Perkins, I, they're all so yeah, good. Yeah, and that, that really knew what their role was and how they had to play at the point guard position. And Nolan Hickman is struggling there. Like he, he's not, he's not, he's, he's struggling. He, he's not struggling from the standpoint of he's not a good basketball player. He's a good basketball player, but he's struggling to find his own identity and his own vision of what that point guard position looks like with him. He's not Andrew Nembhard. Stop trying to be him. He's not Jalen Suggs. So, okay, not many players are. Uh, and maybe this last game against Santa Clara where he had 20 points will be, be his breakout moment uh, on the season and help kind of ignite this offense to, to that next level that we're accustomed to seeing it to. Um, but right now this Gonzaga team doesn't have that same kind of pop, in particular in on-ball screen situations. And a lot of their offense is actually being facilitated by Anton Watson and Drew Timmy. Uh, and they're having their bigs be the facilitators of their offense to try to get other guys involved. Um, and that, that changes things a little bit. Now they're skilled enough to do it. They do it obviously at a very elite level when you see some of their quality wins that they have. Um, but it's, it's not the same kind of team that we've seen over the last couple of years that can just, you know, get off the bus and off the bus. You're like, that team's probably 15 points better, uh, than a majority of the opponents. That's, that's not the case this year. And so that's why I think that this game is going to be a lot of fun. I think the atmosphere is going to play a role in the game. Um, and, uh, I anticipate, that for the final time of this this WCC venture to see Gonzaga in that building as a conference foe, um, mm-hmm. it's going to be uh, important not only to those fans, uh, but I think it's going to be really important to these players. And, and some of these players like Gideon George, who was on his recruiting trip uh, the night the chaos happened uh, inside the Marriott Center, which I just absolutely love that game. I still go back to that game. It's one of my favorite games that I ever, I've ever called, uh, even though your fan base doesn't think so. It is. I promise you, I enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> I think it's I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be phenomenal. And and I think we're going to have a similar type atmosphere and uh, we'll see if they're able to have a similar type result, because I, I know that would mean a lot to Coach Pope, uh, this program, and in particular the players on this roster to try to make a statement uh, because you've had a couple of statement wins. Creighton, the Utah win was a good win, um, but a win over Gonzaga kind of kind of draws the attention of the nation uh, back to going, hey, what's going on in Provo? And I think more people start paying attention. A sellout has been announced, so I concur with you. I heard that the sellout was because I was coming, so I really appreciate <laughs> everybody. Uh, you really need to do that. No. Uh, but, you know, one of my favorite things about The Rock is I know that when I get there two hours before the game starts that there will already be 5,000 students sitting in the stands. Like, I mean, it's it's insane. It's fun. Um, and, and so I, it'll be a spectacular environment. Hey, Sean, I'm looking forward to seeing you back in the Marriott Center. Uh, glad things are going well for you. We look forward to what Ken Pomeroy is projecting to be a four-point game close between Gonzaga and BYU. Uh, be well, and uh, let's talk again soon. All right, sounds good. You can see why he's endeared himself to BYU fans. One, he's an outstanding analyst, but he understands the nuances of each fan base, and certainly at BYU. I'm reminded of the scene from Infinity War when the Black Panther looks over at Captain America and says, get that man a shield. (laughs) You see Sean Farnham tonight, get that man a cougar tail. (laughs) Good to have him back. 100%. Yeah, looking forward to his call tonight on ESPN. If you want to listen to Greg Rubel and Mark Durant on their call, you got to go to BYU Radio. Pre-game coverage tonight, 8.30 Eastern with Greg Mark and Jason Shepard. BYU Radio and BYU Radio app tonight. Plus, did the New York Jets just put their money where their mouths are with Zach Wilson? Is this good news? Stay with us on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Dave McCann. I am Spencer Linton. It is time to whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. The Jets are parting ways with offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur. Hmm. And an early rumor is they might bring in Daryl Bevel from Miami. Okay. Is the change in the OC just what Zach Wilson needs? Yes, it's what all of the quarterbacks in New York need. And certainly if they're going to bring in somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo, too, to be the starter and then Zach is the backup, you need a clean slate somewhere, and it's probably with the offensive coordinator. Now, the Jets did say that they're not firing him. He just was being pursued by some other teams, so they opened up the door for him. But when I'm reading between the lines, I'm like, no, they – it, this is a mutual separation. Can't the Dave. Jets just make a decision. <laughs> you're our, you're our OC or you're out. You're a quarterback or you're not. Uh, it didn't work with any of the quarterbacks. This offensive coordinator. So yeah, change him out first. You're not paying him thirty-five million dollars. Change him out and try to work with the guy who you are paying yes. thirty-five million, and see if Zach can get his game back, get some experience. If they bring in somebody else to help Zach along the way, he's a young kid. You know, yes. we don't need to throw a guy out because he's what twenty-four. 25? How old's Zach? Not even that. I think he, that. maybe 24. We wrap him up, throw him out of the NFL because he wasn't great in two no. years? No. Change it up. Go get an offensive coordinator. And if it is Daryl Bevel, he's got some BYU ties. His daughter Morgan played softball at yeah. BYU. He's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And he did fantastic things with Tua Tagovailoa in Miami this sure season. Did. He helped that guy find his confidence after a very, very shaky start to his NFL I career. might put my Jet shirt back on okay. if I see that they're actually helping Zach. Be better. Yes. Hey, I know you want an Atlanta Falcons shirt after what <laughs> Tyler Algier has done in the ATL. Listen to these numbers over the last four weeks of the NFL season. 431 rushing yards, first in the league. 331 yards after contact, first in the league. 25 first downs, that's first. 24 missed tackles for us, also first. 11 runs of 10 plus yards, first in the league. Will Tyler Algier take the next step? and be a 1,200-yard rusher next season, not just 1,035. I'll take it one step further. Will he be a first-round draft pick in fantasy football leagues around Ooh. I think he's got a shot. Okay. Atlanta needs to give him the ball. If they gave him the ball as much late as, as they didn't give him early, yeah. you know, he got the ball a whole lot, as you mentioned in those stats. If they started the season, then they didn't know. They thought maybe he's going to be. No, it was Cordero Patterson. But give him the ball the whole season long and see where those numbers go. He has a knack for staying healthy. We saw that at BYU. His durability is awesome. And we saw it this season. And uh, he's exciting. Yeah, at the worst, he's a second or third round fantasy football draft pick, Dave. This is this is great. Yeah, 1,200 because he's going to get the ball more early and more often in those games. The selfish BYU in me, fan in me, would might be saying, hey, look, what if Algier was getting ready for his senior season at BYU? <laughs> Having ran this season. Because remember, he left with two years yeah. of eligibility. He made the right decision. But now he's in the fact. He made the right he decision. Totally did. He totally did, and we wish him nothing but success. Hey, we remind you, you can catch every game, every interview. Again, as if it's for the first time. Get it all at BYU TV Sports, our content on demand at BYUSN.com. It's like a Las Vegas buffet that's free. Let's go. Still on the way. She's bringing Barbie back, and she's live in studio. BYU gymnast Rebecca Ripley is here to discuss her viral, spectacular floor routine. Let's get it. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk your e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B alongside Dave McCann. I am Spencer Linton, and we've waited all show for this. <laughs> she is a viral internet superstar, a sensation. She's bringing Barbie back to the gymnastics world with her Barbie girl routine. Rebecca Bean <laughs> Ripley, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you. <laughs> How's it going? It's going good. How are you doing? We're doing good. <laughs> we're nice having the lounge portion of our set. Yes. I know, we'll bring some so more d'oeuvres out here in just a couple of minutes. Oh. Uh, but as you get into the season, one meet down, you got a big one on Friday. Yeah. Um, wow. and, and you're kind of the thing, you're kind of the rage with Oh, gymnastics. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Thanks. It's, oh, you are. Social media no. says that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're a viral sensation. So how would you explain your life over the past few days after debuting your awesome Barbie girl floor routine? Honestly, just like so much love. Like I can't even describe it. Like so many people just saying that they're happy for me and that they're proud of me. And it honestly just like, it warms my heart and it makes me so happy. Did you expect it? I mean, everyone, um, Barbie's pretty <laughs> well known. And so when you do a Barbie routine. I mean, my, my teammates and my coaches, they're all like, oh, you're gonna go viral. But I mean, I didn't. I don't know, necessarily think that for sure happened, but I'm not mad about it. <laughs> hey, you're here. We saw Shannon Evans a few years ago do oh this my gosh, with her amazing. Super Mario routine, yes. right? Yes, incredible. As we watch this, is it stressful or are you having a good time? I'm having a good time. To be honest, in this first meet, I was like so nervous. I've never been so nervous, but it was the first time I've competed since my first ACL tear back in 2019. So it's been a long time, so I was very nervous. Well, you've had two ACL tears, right? Yes, and a meniscus, so three knee surgeries while I've been here. Okay, so are you, you're feeling good, right? I feel incredible, I feel great. Because you look you look in the routine like it, things are at an elite level right now. Thanks. It, it's fantastic. <laughs> so my first question, I guess, in terms of the routine is how long did it take you to master the movements, almost the robot-like movements of a Barbie doll? I mean, we've been working on this routine, me and my coach Brogan, she's incredible. She helped me choreograph it, we work together, she's amazing. But it's been in the process since last summer, so like a year and a half. It's been a really long time. It takes a lot of work to, that goes into these routines, but it's really fun. <laughs> it takes a lot of discipline to come back from an injury. Yeah. Is that kind of discipline that you take into a routine like this, because it takes a lot of discipline just to do the robotic movements. I mean, absolutely. It just, sometimes a routine takes longer than others. This one took especially long, like, you know, working with the music, we pulled so many different songs into it and we worked together and to make something come to life and it was really great. <laughs> when you see People Magazine, and ESPN. That was crazy. Pick this up. That yeah, what, what, what's going through your mind? I'm like, why are you guys writing about me? <laughs> I didn't even hit my routine as well as I do in practice. So, like, I want them to pick it up once I do that. Oh, they will. They're on to you now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Well, the, the publicity is there, and we're going to see yeah. it at the Best of Utah meet. You mentioned that you were so nervous, but you yeah. got that first one out of the way. So, how do you feel now, knowing that you've done it once and you're going to do it a bunch of times the rest of the season? I mean, I feel so much better. I'm hoping that it was just, you know, first meet jitters, getting them out of the way. And, I mean, I love competing. I love it so much, and I've missed it for the last few years. And so I'm, I'm just excited. I'm so excited to compete this season. Let me ask you a psychological question as you compete within yourself. Yeah. When you tear your ACL twice, yeah. the same knee, mm -hmm. how do you convince yourself that, it's not gonna tear again. You can do these flips and land and, yeah. and focus on that, having gone through the, the pain and anguish <laughs> of that. How, do you, how, do you, how have you fought through that? Honestly, it's something that 
you can't control. All I know that is like everything that I can control is something I've done. I've done all the rehab, all the physical therapy, the icing, like I've made myself so much stronger. And I really think that my knees are stronger than ever. It's, it's a bionic knee now. <laughs> yes, it is. And you know, like it, whatever happens, like, I don't know, that that's up to God. Like that's in God's hands. I've, I've done my part. And so that gives me peace of mind. And so you just, it's just not out of sight, out of mind. I mean, kind of, it's there a little bit. I get <laughs> a little nervous, but. I've controlled what I can control. I'm yeah, glad you said great. bionic knee because Kyle <laughs> Collinsworth, the former BYU basketball yeah. player, tore his ACL, went on yeah. to play a stint in the NBA and had a nice European league uh, you know, run as well. But he said the same thing. He's like, you know what? I have the bionic knee now. <laughs> yeah, like, I'll I, take it. I'm good. Okay. Uh, best of Utah meet is tomorrow. Yes. This is a fantastic meet. And I think nationally an underrated meet because yeah. you get the Red Rocks and yeah. Southern Utah is really good. Utah State's really good. Obviously, BYU has had a nice run over the last four or five years with Guard Young as the coach. Yeah. But you did come off a meet as a team that was a little bit disappointing yeah. with the score. Yeah. So what are you expecting tomorrow when you compete in the best of Utah? I mean, we're just going to, you know, be much more focused as a team and really, like, attack what we're doing. And I think we're going to do a lot better this meet. I'm hoping the first meet for everyone is just a little bit of jitters. This time I, we've got a little bit more focus. We've worked really hard this last week, and we're going to do really good at this meet. How far is this program away from beating the Red Rocks? Oh, man, I don't know. Utah's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> They've been that way for a long, long time. Uh, yeah. but there are cycles in sports. Yeah, that's and, and true. And this program has been getting better and better and better. Yeah. How, how, how can you close the gap? Um, honestly, just all, all we can do is keep working hard and keep doing everything that we can. It would be incredible to beat Utah. That would be like a dream come true. Hey, why not? That, why that's, not? you know, <laughs> dreams happen. That's what dreams. dreams are for, for sure. <laughs> Rebecca Ripley is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Now, I know that the best of Utah is fully on the mind as far as competition goes tomorrow, but then a yes. week from tomorrow, there is a daddy-daughter date night set up for yes. the first home meet of the season when you take on Boise State. Walk us through the evolution of that event and what you expect with uh, the first home meet a week from tomorrow. I mean, I think it's going to be so special. It's, you know, daddy-daughter date night, so dads should bring their daughters, and our dads are going to come, and they're going to walk us out. And I just I see it as being just a very wholesome, fun meet for people to come to and enjoy. So. You guys should come. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to cry? Are you an emotional person? In that I am an emotional person. I could cry. <laughs> the Barbie girl routine will be on full display tomorrow night. Yeah, that's the yeah. plan. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> you know what I see? I see in the future Barbie and that franchise. And an NIL. Name, name image and like this. I've been manifesting this for months. Here. That's my dream. <laughs> this is a business plan. Yes, Well exactly. done. Oh, that is great. awesome. Rebecca, uh, when athletes come on the show from BYU, we give them BYU Sports Nation karma. So you're going to be awesome tomorrow. I'll take Just it. Just deal with it. <laughs> and we can't wait to watch you compete in the best of Utah. Thank you so much. Nice to meet you. Good to have you here. Nice to meet you too. We remind you, you can join us tomorrow night for our live coverage of the best of Utah on BYU TV. Cougars mix it up with Utah, Utah State, Southern Utah. Our coverage begins at 9 Eastern with Spencer and Mikhail Merkley on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. About what time will the Barbie Girl routine be in the broadcast? That's a great question, Dave. I think BYU starts on the vault, so floors last. So I want to say like, I don't know, 8.20-ish? Circle it on the calendar. Yeah, it's Must towards the end. TV with Rebecca. <laughs> now what I'm about to say kind of hurts me next. This may be my only hope to beat Jerem Jordan in fantasy basketball this week, and I'll explain why next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. 
official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Big game tonight at BYU Sports Nation On Demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review, please. It's time to set our fantasy basketball lineup for the week. I have decided to give Jerem an early 5-0 lead, and now this is the week I will actually try. Reminder, Dave. It is about parbs. Points, assists, rebounds, blocks, steals. Parbs! I took fourth in our family fantasy football league. Uh-huh. But my advice to you is to trade your entire team <laughs> for Lauren Gustin. <laughs> maybe I, maybe Jeremy will go for that. That's what he I, had the first pick. She's the clear number one. If I were you, that's exactly what I'd do. Okay. All right, so this is your group right here. Nani Falatea, Rose Bubakar, Gideon George, Spencer Johnson, and oh, it hurts. But I am fully embracing Drew Timmy of Gonzaga. I hope Drew goes for 40 points tonight and a Gonzaga loss. Yeah, that, that's how it's going to have to get done. This might be my best chance because Drew Timmy is so incredible. So you're at rock bottom. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. All right, so here's, here's it says Dave's lineup, but uh, it's Jerem's lineup. Yes. Jerem's the, the one that's undefeated. This is the you. proxy lineup. It. He went winless in football, so he's earned the, mm-hmm. the opportunity. And so uh, he's going with Gustin. Yep. And and she does everything. And Smiler, Foose, Rudy Williams, Julian Strother from the Zags. Okay. All right. Got two Zags. Yep. We have on to. Your team. You have to go with the opponents. Like that's that's the the spin of this. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Pax Healthcare Elevated, answering BYU beats Gonzaga tonight. If fill in the blank at Monte underscore ever says Jerem Jordan agrees to shave his head if BYU wins. Hashtag good times. Do it. <laughs> He's not going to do it. Today's Rise and Shout Out. We've seen that. Presented before. by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's give it to The Rock. They're camping out, Dave. It's like sub 30 degrees. These are the craziest kids on campus. They're going to be there tonight, ready to go. This is what they do. Our thanks to today's guest, Sean Farno of ESPN, Rebecca Ripley of BYU Gymnastics. Conversation continues 24 7, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. For Dave, I'm Spencer. Go Cougs. See you tonight.